Hi, you're tuning in to Rusty Thomas, where once a week he brings the brilliance of Scripture to every dynamic of life. For the last 40 years, Rusty has served the Lord as a father, minister, and political figure on the streets, churches, and capitals in our nation and abroad. You are going to hear compelling truths that will prayerfully build up your faith and equip you to meet the challenges of life with the confidence of God's Word. This is Kingdom Moments with my father, Rusty Thomas. Well, howdy. (laughs) Episode number four. We've made it. We're pressing on in Jesus' name. Uh, Today's episode, probably by the time this is uh, dropped, uh, will be towards the end of October, which brings up the conundrum like big words every now and then of halloween and i I believe the uh the title on this episode is halloween versus reformation day uh but you know typically i don't think most people um have a proper understanding of halloween i mean typically we kind of view it as another American holiday where merchants can make more money and, you know, families can have a fun time, you know, trick or treat kind of deal. But my question for you today is that historically and presently a true perspective is Halloween just some innocent, you know, day that we set apart to celebrate ghouls and vampires and jack-o'-lanterns and witches and is it just some kind of innocent you know holiday another of of the very you know the myriad of of holidays in america Uh, i just want to spend some time here just to give you kind of the historic origins of holly uh halloween that's that's critically important because roots produce fruit Roots produce fruits. We gotta we gotta get that connection. And so what is the origins of Halloween? Well, it began with the Celtic culture in Ireland. Um, and it was in Britain and Northern Europe. Uh, originally, listen, it was a pagan holiday honoring the dead. Now, how much time does God spend in his word? warning us not to communicate with the dead. And yet, because we're fallen creatures bound by sin, God says, don't do it. And what do we do? We do it. And so back in the day, in the, you know, the Celtic culture, they had this pagan holiday. Now, here again, roots produce fruit. You know, Jesus gave this warning in Matthew chapter 7. He said a good, good tree produces good fruit and a bad tree produces bad fruit. A good tree cannot produce bad fruit. Now listen, and a bad tree cannot produce good fruit. Well, all that is set aside. That warning is set aside when it comes to Halloween. Okay, so we trace it back, Halloween, to the Druids. Um, they were fascinating people. 
Uh, you might want to do a little bit of study concerning these people, but this was the very um, high priests and religion that St. Patrick had to contend with when he brought Christianity into Ireland. And believe me, there was a great battle as the gospel of the kingdom came into contact with this demonic pagan religion and practice. And so the, the very uh, root of it lay in the Druid feast, and this was the name of it, Sam Hain, and it typically fell on October 31st when the dead were remembered. So Sam Hain marked summer's end and was a harvest festival with huge sacred bonfires signifying the end of the Celtic year and the beginning of a new one. Now here's the deal. The Celts believed the souls of the dead roamed the streets, villages, and hamlets at night. And so their struggle was, hey, we've been around the block a few times and we do understand that not all evil spirits are friendly. Some are scary. Some are evil. And they have evil intent. So this is what they decided to do. They decided to dress up like ghouls and demons and things of this nature. It was to sort of protect themselves by camouflage. So their hope was, if I dress up like a demon, then maybe the demons will say, hey, he's one of us. You know, we will, you know, we'll pass over, right? We'll pass him over. Um, and I got to tell you, you study history and paganism and all their false idol worship. Uh, it's a frightful, you know, fearful thing. They, they always use a lot of superstition uh, to protect them from evil. Of course, when they do that, it compounded the evil uh, that destroyed them. And so, you know, here we have the situation, you know, where they're trying to pacify evil spirits, uh, camouflage themselves, protect themselves from them in the hope that as they did that, um, that their life would prosper, you know, that they would have, you know, increase of herds and increase of, you know, agricultural fruits and things of this nature. So. Um, there's nothing new under the sun. This was the same situation that Elijah confronted uh, when the nation abandoned the true worship of Jehovah and embraced, you know, you know, Moloch, Baal, Ashtoreth, you know. And, and what was the lie of, of, of these demon idols? Well, you know, sacrifice your children to me. All's going to be well. If you worship me, you'll have, you know, increase of prosperity. Your herds will increase. Your plant life will grow. You'll be so blessed. So it wasn't a coincidence when Elijah came on the scene. One of the first things he did was make this imprecatory announcement that there's going to be no rain except at my word. And so for three and a half years, God 
shut up the heavens. And so all the empty promises of these false idols were exposed. And then, of course, Elijah spoke again. The rains came and the rest, they say, is history. And so we must understand when we are dealing with this concept of Halloween and we understand its roots, we have to go to God's word and God's word warns against this. Here's the scripture in Isaiah chapter 8, 19 and 20. And this is what the Lord says. And when they say to you, seek those who are medium and wizards who whisper and mutter, should not a people seek their God? Now listen, should they seek the dead on the behalf of the living? That's so interesting, because if you if you remember at the resurrection of Christ, when he busted out of that tomb and the people came and were looking for his body, the angel said, why do you seek the living amongst the dead? Brothers and sisters, that is our plight. We are dead men walking. We are dead in our trespasses and sins. And we're, we are seeking to live by embracing the dead. It doesn't work that way. The scripture says those that hate God's wisdom love death. In fact, during uh, the Nazi Holocaust, uh, Dr. Alexander, I think his name was Leo Alexander, he kind of defined Nazism. And what is that? It's when a government and a people choose death to solve their economic and moral problems. And for some reason, we are just prone to the occult, to witchcraft. You know, we want the secret knowledge, right? The secret knowledge. Anybody tells you they have secret knowledge, run to the hills. Just run to the hills. We don't need secret knowledge. God gave us his knowledge in the light of day. So critically important. And that's where it goes on to say, he says, to the law and to the testimony. If they do not speak according to this word right here, it is because there's no light in them. And you got to remember, Jesus Christ is the light of the world. And he said, you were once children of darkness, children of wrath. But now through the transformation of the gospel of the kingdom, by the power of the Holy Spirit, he has transformed us and we are now to walk as children in the light. Now, that's the Old Testament. In the New Testament, when it came to the demonic realm, it's so incredible because when Christ shows up, he doesn't show up alone. He comes establishing his kingdom in the earth. And what was the sign that his kingdom came? The satanic realm just blew up. It manifested powerfully. In other words, unclean spirits could no longer hide. In fact, when Christ came on the scene, initially, the demons did more public proclamation of the gospel of the kingdom 
than the apostles. Because remember, wherever the Lord went, they would manifest. And they would go, oh, you're the Holy One. You've come to torment us before the time. I mean, they're acknowledging the Lord of glory. Uh, they're acknowledging the God of heaven. Okay? Of course, Jesus didn't want their PR, didn't want their, you know, proclamation. Tell them to shut up and get out of here. All right? He would shut them down. Uh, but you, you must understand this reality about the kingdom of God. Jesus said this, if I cast out demons by the spirit of God, this is what you know. My kingdom has come upon you. And in fact, I would ask for your prayers uh, because, oh my goodness, I did not turn off the deal. Sorry about that. Our first glitch. Okay. Did you hear that ding? I must have been preaching good. <laughs> no, but get that, brother. Just, I, and, I, and, I, I'm, and I am asking for your prayers because the next book I'm writing is called When the Kingdom. Thus the name of the podcast, Kingdom Moments with Rusty Thomas. I want to continue to emphasize the gospel of the kingdom, not just the gospel of personal salvation, but the gospel of the kingdom. There is a difference, and we'll get more into that later. But the thing that I want you to understand, uh, when the Lord showed up, demons could no longer hide. They manifested, okay? He cast them out everywhere he went. And this same Lord Jesus that we follow, uh, that we believe in, uh, that we seek to love, serve, and please, and obey. You know, the scripture tells us that um, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but principalities and powers and the rulers of the darkness of this world and spiritual wickedness in high places. There is a demonic realm. There are Satan, and he, the Bible says Satan does have a kingdom. There's a hierarchy of authority in that kingdom different principalities and powers over different regions of the world. We are contending against them. Understand that. And they, you know, you, you can't make an accommodative deal with the demonic realm. You can't live a life that says, hey, you leave me alone. I'll leave you alone. No, the enemy is at war with you and you must be at war with him. And notice the term is wrestle. You know, and again, that's a that's a sport analogy. You know, there are other sports where, yeah, you make contact, but you could back off. You can get a rest. Uh, not with wrestling. Once you touch, somebody's going down. Somebody's going to be thrown. OK. And so God used the word we wrestle against them. So critically important. And so we know the Lord um, gave authority uh, to the apostles and to the church uh, to resist the enemy. And the Bible says he will flee, right? He's given us authority over snakes and scorpions and over all the works of the enemy. And he promised nothing by any means shall harm you. Okay. And so, in other words, when it comes to the Bible, Obviously, God doesn't want us to entertain the demonic realm, doesn't want to cuddle the demonic realm, doesn't want to find protection from the demonic realm. 
He wants us to dispossess the demonic realm and set the captives free. So understand this, that um, I was preparing for this and I was just looking up online and I was looking at former Satanists who had come to the saving grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. And I was listening to their warnings concerning Halloween. And uh, it was incredible. I mean, they talked about some of them personally. They did per participate in animal sacrifice. Okay. But some even talked about they knew of covens where they committed human sacrifice. Yep. To this day. That evil practice goes on. And for whatever reason, Halloween is like the high day of satanic worship. Here's a quote by Anton LaVey. He was the founder of the Church of Satan. And this is what he said about believers, Christians, taking part in the tradition. He said, I am glad that Christian parents let their children worship the devil at least one night out of the year. And then he said, welcome to Halloween. So brothers and sisters, should Christians practice Halloween? Should we come up with alternatives? Or do we have another way to handle October 31st? And I'm going to get into that. But I was also interested. I just wondered. Is there a rise of crime during Halloween? And guess what I found? Listen to this. October 31st, every year, Halloween. This is crime increase. The number of car accident fatalities on Halloween night, 40%. 40% of car fatalities on Halloween night. Property crime. Committed on Halloween, 60%. It spikes 60% property crime on Halloween. It says there are on average 17 more crime-related claims on Halloween, according to Traveler's Insurance. A Northwestern University professor claims that violent crimes increase by as much as 50 percent on Halloween, which is two times the daily average. So is it is Halloween just some innocent fun night for family? Or is there something like seriously dark and evil behind this? And I got to remind you of our Lord's word, right? We're supposed to come out from among them. Touch not the unclean thing. He says, what fellowship has light with darkness? Christ with Belial, right? Brothers and sisters, I really would encourage you not to participate in this unfruitful work of darkness. Don't enable it, okay? And don't turn your church into some kind of Christianity light Halloween deal. Because in some ways, we're still being influenced by this satanic high day. Don't do it. Now, I'm going to tell you a little bit like what our family did uh, when it came to this day, um, we and many other Christians designated October 31st Reformation Day. And so 
my wife Kendra, she would she would go all out. <laughs> she she's I'm telling you, she's like she's super homeschool mom. Okay, she's incredible. Uh, but she would get like these huge boxes, and she's she would carve and paint and like turn one of our rooms like into a German like community a little like she would build a city out of cardboard boxes and have German businesses, you know, like candle makers and stuff like that. And, uh, she, and she would have the kids, you know, go through the city. And, uh, it, of course there would be the church with a 95 thesis that Martin Luther put on there. And, and then she would use that opportunity to teach the five solas of the reformation. Okay. And, uh, it was a great, the kids, they absolutely loved it. And so what is it about Reformation Day? Why is that important? So you could either celebrate Halloween or you can celebrate this. And I think this is far more important, especially when it comes to the souls of our young. And so as, as Kendra was doing that for the children, I would sit them down and talk to them about the testimony of Martin Luther, the German reformer who banged that 95 thesis to the church door in Wittenberg. And so here's just a, a, just a thumbnail sketch of Martin Luther. Okay, now, of course, what he's famous for is sort of reestablishing the doctrine that just shall live by faith. Uh, in the Christian church. Well, how did he get there? Well, he had an interesting testimony. And so apparently his father had high hopes that Martin Luther would, you know, go to a university, that he would become a lawyer in Germany, you know, and that he would do well and he would prosper. And apparently uh, one day Martin Luther and his good friend are walking to the university to pursue that career. And out of nowhere, a lightning bolt hits both him and his friend. The lightning bolt actually kills his best friend. He survived that lightning bolt strike. And uh, of course, when he came to, because he knocked him out, boy, the fear of God just struck his soul so he immediately changes his career plans there's no way i'm becoming a lawyer i know what i'm gonna do to his father's chagrin is i'm gonna become a monk and i'm gonna go to a monastery because you know whoa i seriously got a high dose of the fear of god and so he thinks by going to the monastery and becoming a monk, somehow this is going to make peace with God and, and that he will somehow be accepted by God because the fear of him had so gripped his soul. And if you read his writings, when he becomes honest, he really talks about his hatred for God. Because while he was in this monk and as a monastery, he kept dealing with the sin that was so easily besetting him. 
And he sort of viewed God as this taskmaster, you know, which is basically telling people to live an impossible life, you know, to 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 live like Christ lived, except we're not the perfect sinless lamb of God who takes the sin, uh, takes away the sin of the world. And he was so desperate. I mean, please hear this. He was so desperate to please God, to get the sin out of his life, that they would find Martin Luther on his floor in his bedroom, bleeding because the night before he would literally take whips and he would beat himself, just beat himself, trying to beat the sin out of his life. Cause he's trying to obey the standards of God and, and it's, it's not working. And so he feared God. He had a hatred for him, but he knew God was real. He knew sin was real. He knew hell was real. He knew heaven was real. But how in the world can I please this God when I got this thing inside of me? So he's trying to beat it out, getting all bloodied. There, there's a testimony where he literally, I, I don't know what possessed him, I guess the same thing, where he ran out naked in the winter of Germany and fell headlong into the snow, into the ice, just hoping that he could burn the sin out of his flesh, the sin that was in his members. And there's so many people like that caught up in false religions, trying to earn their way to heaven, try to do things that will make them acceptable to God. And it's a religious system that the God of the Bible will not and never honor. Because if we could save ourselves, why is that naked man hanging on a cross? Why has be, he been marred beyond human recognition, recognition? It doesn't take into account the atonement, the sacrifice, the propitiation of Jesus Christ for our sin. And so apparently this was Martin Luther's struggle and he could get no relief. And then somehow, some way, I've heard different accounts of this. Maybe you can verify it. But one account that I heard that he went to Rome, went on pilgrimage. And um, I guess they had this steps, like these stations that you could literally crawl on. You're supposed to get on your hands and knees and you could crawl upon. And uh, apparently... As he's going up on these steps, his knees are being bloodied. And supposedly, if you climb these steps, you'd get closer and nearer to God. And so once again, his body is suffering because he's trying to please God. And apparently, as he's going up these steps, the Spirit of the Lord speaks to him from the book of Romans. The just shall live faith so every step that he's taking he's hearing in his mind or he's thinking in his mind the just shall live by faith and if you know anything about the story of pilgrim's progress do you remember christian having that burden on his back and then finally coming to the cross of jesus christ and what happened that burden that pack of rocks 
of our sin and our rebellion and our transgression just literally fell off. And Christian was set free in Pilgrim's Progress and Martin Luther was set free. And once he got born again of God's spirit, guess what? He no longer hated God. He loved God. He loved God because he, you know, he, he understood. Yeah, he understood the justice of God. He understood the judgment of God, the anger of God, the wrath of God against sin. And that is true biblically. But now he came to know the love of God, the mercy of God, the forgiveness of God, the grace of God. And so when he tacked that 95 thesis to that door uh, in Germany, the Reformation took off in earnest. And, uh, and by the way, that became the political and spiritual foundation for a nation you might know, the United States of America. There's more to this story, brothers and sisters, but I want to encourage you when we're talking about Halloween versus Reformation this is a battle between good and evil light and darkness okay we overcome evil by doing good make sure you take October 31st to sit down with your family and study the Reformation study the truths that came out of the Reformation and let this be a blessing to your family, to your children, and the souls of your children. Amen. Well, that's it for this episode. Till next time, God bless you, saints, and keep pressing on to the high calling prize in Jesus' name. Mm -hmm.